chapter 13. Acts chapter 13. We're going to be all over the place, so don't... (laughs) Hopefully I'm not all over the place, but... (laughs) If I stick to the notes, as Brother Ingalls would say, stick to the notes, Dan, stick to the notes. Acts chapter 13 and verse 13 says, Now when Paul and his company... Loosed from Paphos, they came to Perga and Pamphylia, and John, departing from them, returned to Jerusalem. And then turn over a couple pages to Acts chapter 15. And verse 36.15:36. And some days after, Paul said unto Barnabas, Let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they do. And Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. But Paul thought not good to take him with them, who departed from them from Pamphylia and went not with them to the work. And the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder one from the other, And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed unto Cyprus. And Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended by the brethren unto the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, confirming the churches. And then turn over to 2 Timothy chapter 4. And in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 9, it says, Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me, for Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, Cretans to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee. In case you're wondering, this is John Mark. That's the same person. And bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. Now let me ask you this question. And I think we can all answer yes to this question. But have you ever made a mistake? (laughs) Have you ever felt hopeless? I think we've all been there. Have you ever felt unprofitable? Have you ever, uh, you know, you ever have one of those good old-fashioned pity parties, you know? You just, I have them sometimes, where I just am, I'm determined to just stay in the pit for a few minutes and wallow in my pity and talk about how bad nobody's got it. You know, I was just uh, listening to a message the other day uh, from, I don't know know who was preaching it, but he was talking about Elijah, I think it's Elijah, I always get the two mixed up, and when he, he had just, you know, had that great experience and poured the water on the sacrifice and called down fire from heaven. And then the next chapter, he says, no one else is serving the Lord. I'm the only one that's serving the Lord. And he said, ho, ho, ho. There's 700 people, over 700 people that still have not bowed the knee. And we, we get in that, you know, we get that, that way sometimes. And um, 
And if you don't want to admit that, then that's where your problem lies, all right? That we, we get there sometimes, okay? Um, have you ever been involved? Uh, you get involved in something at church or in doing something for the Lord, and, and then now you can't do that anymore, or that gets taken away, and not that you did anything wrong. You, can't, you, you get moved to a different ministry, or God moves you in a different direction, and you say, well, why did that happen? We've all been there, right? And then John Mark, you know, he, he got moved. He, got, he was part of a big dispute. Can you imagine being the, the middle of this uh, dispute? And now these two guys, who you consider your heroes of the faith, had such a contention that they could not be together, and one went one way and one went the other, and you say, how did that happen? Pride, you know, the verse, only by pride, you know. That's, that's where it all, the contention's involved, then you got to say somebody is thinking too highly of themselves. And I don't know which one it is, and maybe, and it's probably not going to matter in heaven, but maybe someday we'll ask that question to say, which one was the one that was wrong in this picture? We don't know, right? Because the Bible doesn't give us a whole lot of details about, and there's a reason I think God doesn't give us a lot of details about some things. But, so he was involved in that. He was involved in, think about the exciting things. He got to travel with Paul. He got to see the ministries uh, of Paul. He got to see the good things. He got to see healings. He got to see all this stuff. And now he's been basically put on the shelf. He messed up. We don't know why he left. I've heard people say he missed his mom which I don't, know. I don't know if that's true or not. Maybe his mom made some great, you know, babka bread, or I don't know if that's a Jewish thing. Sorry, I made that up. But <laughs> that's probably not Jewish. Sorry if it is, if I offended somebody. But, uh, you know, maybe, who knows? We don't know. Maybe he, I don't, we don't know. But all that it says is he left. And Paul looked on that as a bad thing, that he left. And I can kind of understand where Paul's coming from. He's saying, here we are. We're out, we're, we're out in the middle of it, this. And this guy is missing in action, right? He, he left us. So now he decides to get right, and he comes back, and Paul says, oh, no, no, no. This guy, one strike and you're out, right? We're, we're not allowing him to come. And who knows? We've all been there, right? So tonight we're going to talk for a few minutes how to be how do you be profitable again in the ministry? When you've fallen down, you've made a mistake, uh, you don't think things are going right, how are you profitable again? You say, well, I'm not in the ministry. You better be in the ministry. We're all supposed to be in ministry. There's the ministry of prayer. There's the ministry of grace. There's the ministry of hospitality. There's, there's a lot of different ministries. So four things, and I'm even going to promise to try to be quick, Okay because when I do that, I go long. So I'm going to try to stick to the notes, and it shouldn't be forever, okay? okay? So first of all, remember that God has been faithful, and he's always faithful, and he's forgiving, and he's merciful. Turn over to Proverbs chapter 24. Proverbs chapter 24. And all you have to do, and this is, this is part of the point, um, I'm going to use a few examples of people in the Bible. All you have to do, we've been teaching in uh, junior church. We started, we finished, we do a seven-year thing. We went all the way through the Bible in seven years. 
And now we're back at Genesis. You know, back to Genesis, like the radio program or whatever it is. And we're back to Genesis, and the first family, you know, actually I was talking to somebody about work this uh, about somebody at work about this the other day. I said, they go, I feel like my life is full of problems. I said, well, don't feel bad. The first family on the earth was the first, their kids, one kid murdered the other kid. They're like, what? What are you talking about? I go, you've never heard of Cain and Abel? Really? I go, yeah, they were the first family, and they, you know, the one brother got mad at the other brother and killed them. <laughs> Great start, right? <laughs> so God started his, the mercy right there, and he's continued it through. But in Proverbs 24, 16, it says, For a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. It says, For a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again. It doesn't say that a just man never falls. It says a just man falls, but when he falls, he gets back up again. Um, you know, the, we, we talked, uh, you, we use the word perfect. And, and uh, I, one of my children said to me one time, I'm not perfect. I'm like, well, yeah, I know you're not perfect. First of all, I'm your father. <laughs> and uh, second of all, nobody's perfect. But the Bible uses the word perfect and says that we, um, it, it talked about Noah and that uh, he was perfect before the Lord doesn't mean he was sinless, and we know that, but it, when the Bible says the word perfect, now it's referring to God, he's perfect, right? But the word perfect means you're a just person, you're someone who learns from your mistakes, you're someone who has a heart to do what's right. doesn't say you don't fall, but you have a heart to do what's right. When, you're trying, when you fall, it's because you were trying to do the right thing, and you are a human being, and you make errors, and you fall. So think about um, David. Right? David was told, don't number the people. He numbered the people. God forgave him. Uh, he, had, uh, he committed adultery with Bathsheba. God forgave him. Yeah. Did, and here's the thing that we, we forget when we talk about this. We talk about Psalm 51, and I'm not saying everybody forgets, but sometimes we, we lose sight of this. David committed adultery with Bathsheba, and he wrote Psalm 51, and we all like to refer to Psalm 51. But we forget sometimes that there was a payment for that sin. Yeah, God forgave him. God showed him mercy. God allowed him to be used again. But he had a payment and a, a, a severe payment. He, he had to endure a lot of things because of that choice. Uh, think about Peter. Peter's one of my favorites. Peter did a whole bunch of things, right? And you think, this guy's a total disaster, Right? He's a, a basket of blunders, I call him. That's, he, he's always saying something or reacting, seemingly, reacting the wrong way. You know, uh, uh, Peter, I, I'm not going to let you wash my feet. Well, if I don't wash your feet, then you'll not be part of my kingdom. Oh, you know, wash my whole body. You know, right? He, he's one extreme to the other, right? Uh, he's, you know, he gets upset and he cuts off the guy's ear, right? He says, I'll not deny thee. And then he denies him three times, right? All, all these things. But then you turn a few pages over in your Bible and you see in the book of Acts, you see Peter. And even amidst that, Peter makes mistakes. Remember when he was said, he was told, rise, kill, and eat? And he starts to argue and say, well, I can't eat that. The God of the universe just told you to do something. You know, before we point fingers, right, we should point fingers to ourselves. We do the same thing sometimes. 
So, just because you have fallen, you are not necessarily done. Remember that. And I'm going to come back to this point later, but you're still here. Because if you were done, you wouldn't be here. But that's, that's another point. So, remember that God has been faithful and is forgiving. Second of all, remember that God, and this goes along with the first point, but that God does not make mistakes. Turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. We make mistakes, but he does not make mistakes. Second Corinthians chapter 1, and starting in verse 1, says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and, Timo- and Timothy, our brother, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, with all the saints, which are in all Achaia, grace be to you, and peace from God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them, which are in any trouble, by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. And whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer, or whether we be comforted is for your consolation and salvation, And our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as ye are partakers of the suffering, so shall ye also be of the consolation. It says in verse 4, He comforted us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them, which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. God does not make mistakes. Why do I say that? Why is this a point? It's a point because there's things that happen in our life that when they happen, and we've all had them, When they happen, we say, why did this happen, right? And sometimes it's 30 years later when God gives us the answer. Sometimes it's 40 years later when God gives us the answer, right? And we say, oh, that's why I went through that. And sometimes it's not even for us. It's for God to get glory out of the testimony of how we react. Now, I know this is in the Bible, and I know this is true, or I wouldn't preach it, right, obviously, but it's awful hard to live sometimes. And, and, you know, you guys know that. You've You've been through things. But don't forget that just because you're going through a difficult time, and if you're like me and like anybody that wants to please the Lord, when you go through a difficult time, your first response, well, sometimes my first response is to complain, just to be honest. But a lot of times it's, okay, Lord, did I? Sometimes I know right away. I'm like, I sinned. This is my, this is my payment for my sin. Other times I think, well, I don't remember doing anything that would bring this trial along. What's it for? And a lot of times... It's, I'm not going to tell you. Just trust me. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> right? Uh, think about Daniel in the lion's den. Was, was Daniel, you know, I look at people like in the Bible, like Daniel, um, and, or Joseph, and he's another example. 
And okay, yeah, you look at David, you look at uh, Sam, uh, Samson, you look at um, Samuel, you look at um, Solomon, you look at all these different people in the Bible, and you see that the Bible tells us what they're like, and you say, okay, I can understand why they went through some difficult times. Then you look at somebody like Daniel, and you look at somebody like Joseph, you don't see a whole lot in the Bible, I really don't see anything, where they did anything wrong. Now, they're sinners, just like everyone else, but you don't really see that in the Bible. But God used circumstances in their lives to help them and to help other people. He had the salvation of his people in mind when he had Joseph put in prison. Now, I'm sure when Joseph was in his prison cell, and it wasn't like the palatial palace that we put our prisoners in, in New York State, just to be clear, don't believe what the newspapers tell you, okay? Uh, they, I'm sure, were in dungeons, and there's rats crawling all over the place, and we killed the rats in New York State prison. But anyways, that's a whole different topic, right? But, and we don't eat them, right? But they didn't think about it. If you've probably seen you know, the old movies where they depict prison and things. I'm sure that he wasn't treated the best, right? He wasn't in a, a, you know, a special posh you know, country club type cell and got special treatment and all those things. But God, because he reacted the right way, God used that. Uh, you think of uh, Paul and Silas in prison and God used that. God has a purpose in everything. You got to remember that. And if you know that you're doing what's right, and if you know you're doing what's wrong, you just get that right, obviously. But if you know you're doing what's right and you go through something, don't give up on God. Remember that he has a purpose for what you're going through. You're going to see light on the other side. Um, you know, um, I've, I, I read this quote somewhere, but don't ever undo and doubt what you did in faith. If it's what you know you're supposed to be doing, trust God. You know, um, I've seen that in my family. I'll be honest, I grew up and I believed what my parents told me, but I was on the receiving end of it. And it, you know, it kind of made sense. But once I became the parent and I thought, man, some days, honestly, you say to yourself, the Bible says I'm supposed to raise my kids this way. Am I messing up here somewhere? I don't know if this works. <laughs> I'm, I never say it out loud, right? But I'm thinking in my head, and then I, then I see God do different things. And I say, you know what? Trust, you know, trust the process, as they say, right? God's word is true. Do you say, okay, I believe God's word is true. Okay, so if God says to, to raise your kids this way, then you do it that way. And you trust him for the results. You don't say, oh, well, everyone else is saying, oh, forget what everybody else is saying. Listen, and, and kids, don't ever think that, oh, my parents, they, they're overprotective and they protect me from all these things. Okay, every adult in this room, maybe not every adult, but most adults in this room will tell you that they're doing you a favor. Listen, I, and I know other people's work environments are the same because I work construction and all those things. I hear more swear words, and filthy stories in the first 15 minutes of my job day than 
it's shocking, shocking, like peel the paint off the walls, the stuff that I hear. And that's just from the staff. Okay, we haven't even started working with anybody else there yet. Uh, just, and then you hear stories about what's happening in our schools. And you say, oh, well, we live in Cuyahoga County. It doesn't happen here. I'm not going to repeat what I see or hear about happening in our schools. So kids, don't think you're being you know, shorted out of a good time because your parents homeschool you and make sure you go to church. You're not missing anything, okay? They're protecting you and keeping your mind pure. Unbel- like I said, I'm, I, I'm not even going to tell you anything that I hear. But I know, for, I know it's factual. And I know some of the people I work with and some of the events that they attend and all those things, right? So trust the process. In other words, come to church, get in your Bible, do what's right. Parents, don't be discouraged. Do what's, just do what's right. You're not perfect. No parent in here is perfect, including me. You know what? Sometimes I lose my temper. Sometimes I say things I shouldn't say. I think we've all been there, if we're honest. We don't like to admit that, but it's true. I've had to come before the family and say, your father's an idiot. And I've used those words exactly. I was wrong. I didn't want to admit that I was wrong. So I made it out to be your mother's fault. I've done that, right? Because we don't like to be wrong. And then I have to say, I'm wrong. I, I'll be the first to admit it. I don't, I'm not proud of that. But something, you know, because we have this thing built in us that we have to fight every day. It's called self preservation. And you say, well, I've been saved. Listen, I've known what to do to do what's right since I was a little kid. I still fight it every day. Sometimes you'd think it'd be a habit. Well, it is a habit. But some days I, say, I have to say to myself, Read your Bible, you idiot. I say those things out loud. I know maybe you don't do those things, but I do, right? Read your Bible, you idiot. No wonder you're upset. Read your Bible. You skipped it. You ate your sausage sandwich, but you didn't read your Bible yet, right? I, ha- I have those conversations. I get into a funk sometimes. We, we can all get there if we just let our flesh reign. Listen, our world... <laughs> The Bible says uh, that as time moves on, as we get closer to the end times, closer to the return of the Lord, that evil would uh, wax worse and worse. All you got to do, used to say, all you got to do is go to, if you like Walmart, I'm sorry, but used to be you say, all you got to do is go to Walmart. No, all you have to do is go to Wegmans. Wegmans is just as bad. And I'm not bashing Wegmans, just to be clear to everybody, okay? I'm just saying that it's everywhere. Where it used to be a little more hidden, I think, when I was younger, it's everywhere. And you can get in the flesh. Listen, sometimes, this, I'm, I'm flesh, sometimes I turn on Fox News or another news, Newsmax or One American News Network or one of the, and I, instead of saying, Lord, please be merciful to our country, I get mad. And I yell at the TV or I yell at my phone, Right? And I say, what is wrong with these people, right? That's not the white way to react. But I, get, I, get, I struggle with that too. So guess what? You know, a lot of people want to complain about what's going on in our country, me included sometimes. 
did they ever stop and put two and two together? You know, we talk, you see, obviously God knows all this, and I don't, listen, I don't know everything, I know that. But you look at some of the weather that's happening in our country, you look at who's in charge in our country. Now, listen, it's coming up toward election day, and if you can't use your two legs, or even if someone needs to push you in a wheelchair to go vote, then you're not doing your duty as a Christian, and you're not doing your duty as an American. Okay, but that's, that plug is over. But don't you think, the Bible says the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord, and he moveth it whithersoever he will. You don't think that God, to blast America, can't put somebody in charge of our country that really does not look too smart. And I'm not saying that to, listen, this is not a Biden joke. It's sad. It's embarrassing, really. But you don't think God could do that to say to America, wake up. God could move him out of that White House immediately if he wanted to. You know what I do sometimes? Maybe, maybe I think weird, okay? So here's a picture inside of Dan's brain. This might be scary. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I talk to myself, all right? Sometimes when I'm driving down the road, <laughs> I look up. I think it's just a recognition. I'm justifying this. Recognition of God's presence, I think, I hope. I'll be driving down the road and I'll see a branch hanging over the highway. And I'll say, God, you know, you're so powerful that if you wanted to, all you'd have to do is just think, drop this branch on this car and kill this guy. God's powerful enough to do that. It's of his mercy that we're not consumed. It's of his mercy that we take another breath, right? God, God takes care of us. He does not make mistakes. He knows everything that's happening in this world, and he can use things in our country. Getting back to that, don't you think? Someone just said this recently. I'm not, this is enough of the politics. But just to make you think, there was somebody that's a state senator, and then she's running for governor in a state, all right? And I'll let you figure out who she is. She said the reason our country is going through an inflation is because the Supreme Court overturned abortion. And that's why we're suffering financially. Something, the wire, the A is not connected to the B, and things are, that's whacked, right? And you say, what, why would somebody think that? They think that because they're, they're wicked, and their mind is twisted. And you know what? We can be wicked too. Don't forget that. We can, we can just, think, think about this. Anytime you want to think that you're so good and you're such a wonderful person, there's, and I know we're not supposed to do this because they're men, but there's people you look through in the Bible, and I, I really look up, like Paul or, or David, and I look up to him and I say, boy, what a great guy. What happened to David? A man after God's own heart. He did some bad things. Well, we're capable of that too. Don't forget that. So remember that God doesn't make mistakes, right? And he allows things in our life to help us to grow. Growth is not always a, a wonderful pain-free experience, but he does use that. So here you, remember that God is faithful, forgiving, and merciful. Remember that God does not make mistakes. And third, Realize that our true strength 
comes from the Lord. We don't have what it takes. We really don't. And all that he needs to do is to touch something in our life or to allow us to go through something, and we soon realize that we're not all that we think that we are. Um, turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. I don't know if I told you to turn there or not. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And this is a familiar passage. But starting... Um, In verse 7, starting in verse 7, says, And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn. And this is talking about before this, he says, I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell, God knoweth. And he was caught up into paradise um, and heard unspeakable words. All right? So it says, And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure and infirmities, and reproaches, and necessities, and persecutions, and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Ouch, right? <laughs> but, it's, but it's true. Our true strength comes from the Lord. We cannot do it on our own. And when we do it on our own, and we all know this, but we forget it, me included. When we do it in our own strength... It might even work, but it's not going to be the true result that God wanted. You know, we can accomplish some things in our flesh, and we can get something done. But God can take what's done, and he can make it go even further if the flesh is not involved if we're surrendered to what he wants, if we do what he wants, if, we, if we're relying upon him. You know, I have, I do this, I write notes to myself in my Bible, and it says, uh, for this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from, from me, and I have written in my Bible in big letters, go to God, not other people. So when you're, when you, are having a difficult... No, there's nothing wrong. The Bible says we should bear one another's burdens. There's nothing wrong with praying for one another or telling someone that you have a need. I'm not saying that that's wrong. We, the Bible teaches that that's okay. But what I'm saying is, a lot of times what we like to do, and this is what I do sometimes, instead of going to God, and that's what he wants. That's what the whole reason that something happens. He wants us to turn to him. He wants a relationship with us. He wants us to trust in him and not ourselves. But what do we do sometimes? Or I should say, what do I do sometimes? I tell everybody about it. You wouldn't believe what happened to me today. I haven't prayed about it one time. This happened. So-and-so treated me this way. And, oh, hey, you went through that. And you're supposed to go to God and talk to him about it. You know, just like the old, um, I think it's 16 singing men or the old-fashioned revival hour quartet or whatever. 
take your burden to the Lord and leave it there, leave it there. You know, uh, they're not the originators of that song, but that's my favorite version. But, uh, you know, take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. He's the one that can, t- yeah, can, you know, like the Bible says, bear ye one another's burdens. Again, going back to that passage we read before, there's things that we've all been through that we can help somebody with. Listen, if you're going through something that I've never been through before, yeah, can the Holy Spirit give me the words to say? He certainly can. But somebody that had been through something similar to that knows more what to say, and that's why they went through what they went through. So if you've been through something and the Lord has used it in your life, don't hold on to the the victories that you got through that and be selfish about it. Share it with other people. Talk about, as Pastor King would say, talk about your journey, okay? (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But do that. I mean, tell, you know, if you've been through something and you've learned something, share, you know, and some of us are better at it than others, okay? But let God use you. Don't waste, don't waste trials, all right? So remember that God has been faithful. Remember that God does not make mistakes. Realize that true strength comes from the Lord. And lastly, realize that God still has a purpose and a plan for you. First point under that is, if he did not have a plan for you, you would not be here. That's just plain and simple. He, he allows you to continue to you know, uh, take up space on this earth. He has, a, an is, he has an issue for you. I almost said that. Yeah, he might have an issue for you, right? Um, but he, he wants you to do something. And just as I mentioned in the beginning, don't ever get to this, well, I don't have anything to do. You always have something, something to do. You know, sometimes I'll tell my children, do something, right? I usually don't have to say that, but sometimes I do. I say, do something. You know, as uh, somebody, someone of my former bosses used to say, do something, even if it's not right. I'm like, well, that's not very good advice, <laughs> right? But, uh, you know, hey, do, do something. You can do something. You say, well, maybe, you know, you, sometimes, I know this is a shocker, we get older. And I'm not old, okay? But um, I really don't think I'm old. But I do feel differently than I did 20 years ago. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Um, you know, when I bend over to put my shoes on, it doesn't feel the same way as it used to. You know, those, these, these things happen. Sometimes you have to say, move, like a robot, you know? Move left arm, move left arm, okay, right? It happens sometimes, and things lock up. I understand all that. You can do something. You can pass out a track. You can invite someone to church. You can be friendly. You know what, you know what was really neat? And I was reminded of this Friday. I was reminded, I, 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 always, we always, I always used to read books, Right, and I still do read books, but you know, so how to how to be a better testimony? How, and sometimes these books leave out. I think I think one thing we've gotten better at. I shouldn't say we. The Lord gets credit for it, but using other things to reach people that we never would have done in the past, possibly. For instance, Fall Family Day. Who would think that a bounce house and some pumpkins and some straw would bring 40-plus people here, right? But it did. 
There were 70, I counted, just to be sure, there were 70 people here on Friday night to watch kids play piano. Probably 50 of them were non-church people. They walked in, some of them, where it's the first time they've ever been in a church. One of my wife's students, this kid was in awe. He'd never seen a church before. He's eight years old, 10 years old, right? What did that thing? And you know what? They came and they heard, they heard some. They heard about Amazing Grace, right? And, and they had cookies and milk. How can you go wrong, right? Cookies and milk. And, right? But they were in church. Think, you think, well, that's not a big deal. That's a huge deal. You know what? I grew up in church. And I think sometimes people that grew up in church forget what people must be thinking when they walk into a church, especially into a Baptist church. And you know what? I say Baptist church. Not even a Baptist church. A church that's different than what they grew up with. Listen, I grew up in a Baptist church. I went to a Catholic funeral, and I, I didn't know what to do with myself. All these people were doing these moves, and smoke was in the air, and all these different things. And I'm not saying that to be funny. I mean, I, I really did not know what to do. I didn't know when to stand up and sit down and say certain things. I, I, I say that, I, again, not mocking. I, I didn't know what to do. Think about what people must think, right? Because I don't know if you realize this or not. When you believe the Bible, the way, you know, the Bible, like the King James Bible, and you believe that things are to be done according to the Bible, I'm not saying you live it all the time, okay? Because if we're honest, we don't all live it all the time. You stick out. There's not a lot of churches that do that. So we have a stigma that hangs over the door. And you know what? You being a normal person goes a long way. They go, oh, they eat cookies and drink milk? I know you say, oh, that's simple. No. They, wow, they don't, you know, you don't got to... Um, uh, quote, 1,500 Bible verses to walk in their back door. You wouldn't believe what people think about church, is what I'm saying. And when you are profitable, and you say, well, how can I... You know what you could do? You know, the the Night of Gratitude is coming up. You could be friendly to somebody. Because you know what? I'll I'll never forget this. And this is why I try... I'm not perfect at it, but I try to be friendly, because I learned something a long time ago. When I was probably 20 years old, I worked for a construction company, and I traveled. And so sometimes on Wednesday nights, I would be out of town. So I would try to go to church, you know, and this is before the internet. I'm sure the internet was around, but I didn't, you know, I didn't have a smartphone. So I'm traveling, and uh, I don't even think I had a cell phone. No, I didn't have a cell phone. So I'd stay in a hotel, and I'd look in the phone book. I'll explain to you kids after the church what a phone book is, all right? And I look in the phone book in the yellow pages under churches, Independent Baptist, right? And so I was in this town, and I go to this church on a Wednesday night. I, first, I call the church because, again, I don't have any technology. I know this is hard for some of you to believe. I had no way to find out where the church is because I don't have a GPS, right? I had a road atlas map, I think a, a AAA like, book thing, right? I know. I'll explain that to some of you too, right? <laughs> And I went and so I called the church and I said, you know, this is what it says in the yellow pages, blah, blah, blah. I talked to the secretary. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Now, I go to this church, bigger church than ours. There's probably 200 people there. A Baptist church. I walked in the door, and I wasn't late. I was early. Not one person said hi to me. I sat through the entire service. Nobody even acknowledged my presence. I know I'm not handsome or cute, you know, but I thought, geez, did I forget to bathe or what happened here, you know? They've never seen somebody over six foot tall here? I don't know. What's the deal, right? And as I was leaving, the lady, I was going out the door, and uh, she says, are you the guy I talked to on the phone? That's the only person that talked to me the entire, I was there an hour and a half. And I said, this is sad. And then I said, you know, have you ever sat there and ignored somebody or not said hi to somebody? So just, you say, I don't know, I don't know what to do. Kids, you know what, people love kids. You know what, people get offended by what I have to say sometimes, and I'm not being mean, but when you, and when I'm speaking the truth, like when you go door to door, usually if I have one of my kids with me though, they're not mean to me, because I have one of my kids with me, right? Kids, you can be effective, you can be profitable. You say, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to say. You can be profitable. God has a purpose, he has a plan for you, right? You can send texts, I know. It's scary to think that, but that's true. You can send texts. It's something we all need to work at, right? You can tell somebody that you're praying for them. You know what? Um, Last Sunday, somebody came up to me in the hallway, and they said, how can I pray for you at work? And I said, what? Yeah, how can I pray for you at work? What are some things that you need help with during your work day? Somebody in church. I said, well, Thank you. Uh, here's, you know, here's what I, I'm not going to tell them what I go through, but I mean, just, hey, this is, this is where I struggle, right? And they said, okay, I'll, I'll mark it down. I put, pull out a pen, put it down on a piece of paper, and said, I'm going to pray for you. We should do more of that. That's a ministry, right? That's how you can be profitable. That's how you can do something for the Lord. I'm going to read this verse one more time, and then we'll be done. So turn over to 2 Timothy chapter 4 one more time, and then we'll be done. 2 Timothy chapter 4. And we'll read verse 10 and verse 11. It says, For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, Cretans to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Take Mark... And bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. So my question is this. Are you profitable for the ministry? I didn't say are you perfect. Are you profitable for the the ministry? You may have fallen down. You may have gone through a bad spell. You may be struggling with something. I don't know. But there's a God that loves you. And there's a book that he's written for you. And he has everything in there to get you back on your feet and get you going in the right direction and make you profitable once again in the ministry. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. And we'll have a word of prayer and then we'll have an invitation. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you um, for your word. I thank you for the encouragement in your word. I'm thankful for the strength that you give us each and every day. I'm thankful for uh, the examples 
you've given us in your word of people that have fallen and gotten back up and, and keep working for you. And I pray that you'd help us as a church to be faithful, help us to be an encouragement to one another, and help us to put a smile on your face and, and honor you with our, our fellowship and, and with our friendship. And uh, I just pray that you'd uh, use um, us as a church, that we'd be able to reach many people for this uh, night of gratitude, and we'd be able to see some people saved and see some people uh, added to the church and see some families affected uh, for eternity. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.